from the very beginning, you have to start looking for any state, whether it is physical, emotional, energetic, especially mental, that resembles meditation, med the state of meditation, a state of quiet, tranquility, and you feel the ability to direct the mind without obstruction. So you start looking for that from the very beginning. Even as you are gathering the fuel, gathering the emotions, setting yourself up with your intentions. This is like uh, setting up the momentum before you, like uh, if you have a, a sling, so setting up the mo momentum before you release the object that you're going to sling. So the more palpable, the stronger the sense of passion, the more attractive the object of your, the state of meditation is, the more attractive uh, the process and the work that you're going to do when you're in meditation, the stronger and the, the more energy you will have to throw yourself into that state. So that's one of the reasons you should clearly set your motivation and your intentions with that in mind. So you should feel a strong sense of passion seeing that state of meditation as very attractive, mean being completely willing to have it pull you into it. And if it was under you, be completely willing to dive into it. It is that sacred space where positive transformation can take place consciously, where truth can be seen directly, whether it is conventional truth or ultimate truth. So as you are setting the clarity of your motivation, your intentions, your understanding of the meditative state. Allow the emotion, the energy, the passion, allow it to sink and to fuse and melt with your whole being. So you feel this passion physically, energetically, emotionally, and definitely mentally. When you feel this passion, be 
becoming a motivating force. That is, you feel it trying to elicit action from you, either emotional response, energetic response, physical response. Then you direct that towards bringing about the state of tranquility. And you want this tranquility to be experienced throughout your being. First a palpable experience of it physically, then a more subtle experience of it energetically. And some people, if the breath and the energy experience may be simultaneous for some one come before the other and it's not specific as to which one comes before the other it depends on the constitution of the person but the physical one palpable first then the other ones follow <coughs> and then just like the physical tranquility is palpable discernible in the same way the mental one should be palpable, discernible. So holding clearly holding on clearly to your determination, to your in passionate intention, and letting it fill your whole being. and becoming a directing force and you directing your being towards tranquility. Holding on to that, bring your attention to the body as a whole. Then, systematically, bring your attention from one part of the body to the next until the whole body is covered. First begin with the legs and experience physically how the different points of tension are disintegrating, dissolving, how those very points of tension are being replaced by some attribute that can be called tranquility. Then when there is a sense that you've reached the degree of tranquility as much as you can with your attention consciously be brought to the to the legs then you let allow the rest of the tranquilizing effect to continue while you now bring your attention to other parts of your body the arms the hands elbows and shoulders and letting that determination, that passion, direct the arms and hands towards a state of tranquility.
in just holding on to the intention without forcing anything, you may get an intuitive insight as to perhaps you need to physically move the arms or the part of the body in a certain way so that the sense of tranquility can be experienced. So listen to that insight and arrange the body accordingly. And perhaps the physically the body is in a state, is in a, as in its in its utmost optimum place, physical posture for tranquility. Perhaps what you need to make adjustments with are either the energy or your or even perhaps your attitude. And again, when there is sufficient sense of tranquility with the arms and rest of the body and the, and the legs, where you don't feel that there's any further conscious adjustments that you can make and the points of tension, discomfort have sufficiently dissolved into some measure of definite palpable tranquility. Then you move your attention now to the torso. You're paying special attention to the back. And perhaps here, if you are sensitive to energy already, you may start to be aware more palpable way of the pathways of the energy and they may even direct you either energetically or physically how to arrange the back so that the sense of tranquility can be palpably experienced. And what you're seeking to experience is and physically is a sense of stability and comfort. And this stability and comfort is conducive to, to achieving the state of meditation. So there is something about the physical posture that is similar or analogous to the state of meditation itself as though the body itself has entered its own state, its own mode of meditation. Then the head and neck. Think of centering the head and neck so you don't need to consciously hold them in place. They achieve stability and comfort without you having to hold them from falling to any sides. And the sense of measure of tranquility that you experience from the very beginning is stable and it's actually being enhanced. And the points of tension more points of tension are disintegrating, dissolving, 
been replaced by a sense of tranquility, physical tranquility. Then now focus on the head, the face. Let the mouth, teeth, tongue find their natural places so that even they are in such a posture that's conducive to meditation. Then the eyes. And whenever you make an adjustment with some other part of the body, that sense of tranquility is either further stabilized or further enhanced. If it's degraded to some degree, that is, the points where you felt tension and discomfort return, that's degrading. If further points of tension dissolve, then that's enhancing. Then the muscles of the face, Now you've covered the whole body. You've reached a sufficient degree of tranquility that you can, as far as consciously inducing it is possible. Now this process is continuing now without your conscious effort. And just observe very briefly. bring your attention now to the breath. Usually the breath itself, ideally the breath should call your attention due to a, a definite shift in how the breath is experienced, is perceived. Either the breath feels different in terms of lightness or heaviness, energy or physic, physical. Or if the breath is deeper than before, the exhalation and inhalations are longer. So once you notice this definite shift in the breath, then you bring your attention to the breath. That way there's no need to force anything to happen. And as you just sit there watching the breath, a part of your mind still loosely is watching what's happening to that sense of ease, that sense of tranquility. You can consider the sense of tranquility as the vessel the boat that is going to take you into a meditative state. And either after you experience a second shift in how you experience in the breath, and any of those 
attributes uh, could be what draws you further into the breath. Either the sense of energy, like the breath is merging with how you're feeling the energy of your body, or the inhalation and exhalation become deeper, or something of the sort, or the breath itself feels lighter. Now, you want to observe the breath now intentionally wanting to keep the flow of your awareness on the breath unbroken. You don't have to force your mind to throw away or try not to be distracted. You know, there's no need to bring that kind of an effort. All you want to do, that all you're holding as an intention is Keep the flow of your awareness on the breath unbroken. Other objects may come into the field of your awareness, but they don't take you away from the awareness of the breath, the flow of awareness on the breath. So that you're able to clearly discern the beginning of exhalation, the duration of exhalation, when exhalation ends and transforms into the beginning of inhalation, the duration of inhalation, and then when it again becomes the end of exhalation, beginning of exhalation. That the flow of your awareness never leaves the breath. And you could be hearing things, you could be remembering things, but those are just happening. You're not consciously invoking them. And when you're aware of one cycle, have the intention to keep the, the, the flow, to continue to the next cycle, to the next, until you reach 11 cycles of breath.
up to this point, the sense of tranquility you experienced first in the body is definitely felt in the breath. induces a definite awareness of a sense of tranquility in the mind. So there is something very similar and something definitely different. You're able to make a discern, discernment, physical sense of tranquility, a sense of tranquility in reference to the breath and a sense of tranquility in reference to the mind. Once you reach this level of tranquility, now to further enhance this mental tranquility, Bring your attention now to the space in front of you at the level of your eyebrows. Again, recall your determination. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? And let the very sense of tranquility, threefold tranquility that you're experiencing enhance the clarity of your intention, strengthen the passion of your determination. And the very clarity and the very strength of your determination adds to the enhancement of the sense of tranquility. within this very sense of tranquility, a sense of seeking to know, seeking to be aware, or invoking the sense of the presence of your infallible guide. The infallible means through which, in dependence upon which, upon whom, you will definitely, without a doubt, achieve the aim of your intentions. So you're going to feel for a definite something. A definite sense of a presence to which you can attribute your infallible guide. You can ascribe your infallible guide. Doesn't have to be completely clear, doesn't have to be completely felt, but there has to be some sense. Something that wasn't, that you were not aware of before, but because you are bringing your attention to this thought, you become aware of something else. 
and the something else is enhancing the sense of tranquility, the threefold tranquility. And something else is sort of enhancing this threefold tranquility, but specifically with the body, an awareness of the body, but not in the way that you were aware of it before. That can be labeled as more of an awareness of energy in this very same space you are aware of the body. And this very awareness is enhancing the threefold tranquility. of your infallible guide also strengthens all the positive things that you have been brought into awareness, enhances the sense of tranquility, enhances the power of your passion, determination. And within all that, there is a measure of conviction that there is no doubt that the definite infallible, infallible means that will help you, that will take you, that will guide you to the complete realization of your intention is present. to cement the sense of connection, you relate with that sense of presence. First you, in your own genuine way, express your reverence, express your gratitude, entrust yourself in your infallible guide. Take refuge sum up a strong willingness to disassociate yourself, to let go of whatever habits of body, of speech and mind that creates 
obstacles towards achieving your, your aim. You wish to be free of them. You want the strength and energy to be free of these habit energies. And again, you turn to your infallible guide for protection, for guidance, for strength. strong willingness now to take up the behaviors that will draw you closer to the realization of your aim. And again, turn to your infallible guide for guidance, protection, and strength. Let's fire up this momentum, making it into an unstoppable force. Rejoice for those who have achieved what you are seeking. For those who have not yet achieved it. For those who do not even know of the existence of what you are seeking. First, let a sense of sympathy go out to them. Let this sympathy evolve into a genuine sense of compassion. And let love flow from this compassion. And direct your attention towards your aim, your intention, your motivation, and direct the power that you're experiencing from this love, from this compassion. Let it now be the part of your motivation, part of your reason for seeking meditation and seeking the results, the transformation that you will get from meditation.
stay aware of the degree of tranquility that you're experiencing. gather a sense of the momentum that you have gathered up to this point. Within that sense of tranquility and direct this momentum towards the success of your meditation. Take a good look at it. Now I have the intention to relax from this. Slowly become aware of the gross breath. And slowly become aware of the gross body.
Okay, relax the, your knees and your legs. So you're going to immediately go back to meditation. Okay. All right. Uh, um, If you want your meditation to really be something that you look forward to every time you sit down to meditate, I really suggest that you really take your time with going through ex the, all the uh, different experiences step by step. Don't allow yourself to, to entertain or to uh, encourage the sense of uh, uh, rushing that may come. The sense of rushing may come from some, from a, it may start as a good intention that you want to get, I mean, it's a good intention to want to get to the, to the end goal as soon as possible. But this may become more like a, a, a sense of rushing things, a, a, where, where you want, you feel like you want to skip certain steps so you can get to, to the end, okay? That will not help you get to the end. It will only delay you. So take, don't worry, don't worry about the, the kinds of uh, thoughts that comes to your mind or you're slowing things down too much, you're wasting your time with, with this part, you're spending too much time here, uh, you're not gonna get there fast enough. Don't let those kinds of mind, don't, don't, don't let those kinds of, those kinds of thought become uh, motivating factors. That it, don't let them become what motivate your actions, okay? Keep going back to the sense of I will only get to my aim the fastest if I allow myself to experience all the different stages, uh, all the different stages as they uh, uh, as they come up. Okay. Uh, and while you are sitting down and you're meditating, and what I uh, the the state that is called physical tranquility. If there is no experience of it whatsoever, then it's either there's something that you have to do during the day, either because you, uh, in the what maybe call the first manual or the first disc discourse on uh, cons uh, concise discourse from the Buddha on how to achieve meditation, he said they said after you've gone through all the emotional, after you've gone through all the the social reason as to why you want to, to meditate. And now you're about to begin your career as a meditator. He says, uh, after you've eaten and you feel satisfied, then you sit down to meditate, okay? So after you've, taken, after you've really taken care of your bodily uh, needs, then you sit down to meditate. If there's some sort of bodily need that you're not taking care of, then it will disturb the meditation. Okay, it will be like a, a like a nagging uh, voice in your mind that keeps drawing your attention that uh, will prevent you from entering med meditation. Okay, so if for some reason while you're sitting down to meditate and for some reason you keep going back into your body, your body just can't get to be comfortable, then stop. Okay, then stop the meditation, get up, 
sometimes we are told to maybe you need to walk around a little bit. Maybe you may have too much uh, physical energy. So walk around a little bit. Uh, 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 and, and, if, and if you try to sit down again, you still feel that sense of, of the body just can't get uh, to be uh, to the state of comf comfort where you can actually palpably experience a sense of physical tranquility, then meditation is not for you that, uh, that, 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 that moment. Okay? You can just go through the sense of, okay, the motion of making sure that I keep the some sense of continuity. And you just uh, almost uh, uh, go through, just go through the motions. Okay, I'm supposed to do this, and I'm supposed to do that, I'm supposed to do this, and then after that I do this. You just go through the motions, and then you get up and you, you stop. So that will sort of give you the, the sense of uh, satisfaction that you actually kept the continuity of, the, of, of, of it. But throughout the day, keep your mind on what you are doing. So perhaps maybe when that blockage comes up, you might get an, an insight as to, oh, I should stop doing that, or I should uh, do this during the day, okay? So what I'm saying is, if you cannot allow, uh, you cannot uh, get the body to enter a, a, a definite sense of physical tranquility, then trying to get into a mental sense of tranquility may not work, okay? So you think that you're skipping a step so you can jump, so you can get further, you're actually just holding yourself back. There's something about the body that you're not addressing, that you need to address, okay? And once you achieve this definite sense of uh, physical tranquility, then the, the mental tranquility will be a palpable experience, and it will have a, a it, it will sort of like a, sit on a, on a physical sense of tranquility and it will have a sense of stability. You will not be, you will not have to fight too much to hold on to it for it to stay. Okay? And, and try to begin what may be called the, 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 the mental part, the actual meditative part within that men, some experience of mental tranquility. Okay? That way the experience will continue to be a very pleasant experience uh, and this will give you the incentive to actually sit down the next time rather than, oh, it was a very painful experience because somewhere in the back of your mind there will be the idea, the picture, the image, it was a very painful experience. I don't think I want to go through that again. And even though you, may, you force yourself to sit down, some part of you is fighting against it because they don't want to go through that pain again. Okay? So, and once you've uh, entered into a palpable sense of, tranquility, of mental tranquility. And I gave you what is meant by this tranquility degrading or the, this, this tranquility uh, in being enhanced. Okay, so the points of tension, the points of discomfort that you may have experienced from the, like as soon as you sit down, there may have been some points of tension either physically, energetically, or mentally, or emotionally, and as the the sense of tranquility starts to pervade you, starts to come up through the body, then those points of tensions, are, 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 they dissolve, they degrade, they disappear. If they come back again, that means that sense of tranquility has degraded. It should be tranquility, and then the tranquility continues to be enhanced, no matter how long you sit. Okay? 
now you can understand from this you can understand why they give you why they should give you as a warning be careful of the bliss they don't say be careful of the pain they don't say be careful of the agony they say be careful of the bliss so that means there is a, a definite uh, smooth uh, um, 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 say? moving what is it progression okay good I'll take that <laughs> progression where there's this the sense of tranquility is slowly building up building up building up that's what's eventually going to become bliss and when when uh, the manual says then this bliss is not just something you experience uh, it's not just an emotional sense of bliss it's not only a mental sense of bliss but it's also a physical sense of bliss okay so the bliss should be all pervasive it shouldn't be that your mind is in bliss while your body is in agony I have no idea what that state is <laughs> <laughs> but some people may claim it and and I would say that is that can be properly called imaginary bliss okay <laughs> so the bliss should be a palpable experience just like the sense of tranquility the sense of calming should be a palpable experience and you along with the sense of tranquility that you experience with the body it gives you an idea of what to as to what to expect uh, how how to discern what the mental tranquility the mental calming should be like okay there shouldn't be uh, well there is a chaos going on in my body but there is peace going on in my mind I mean as far as the meditation is concerned unless you have some definite physical ailment or something okay and you 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 can't uh, uh, experience a total sense of physical tranquility at, at the very beginning but the sense of mental tranquility once you've probably experienced it it can sort of override or or, or, or you can say it actually blocking the the physical discomfort okay but there must be some sense of physical tranquility before you get to mental tranquility tranquility okay? and once you have that sense of mental tranquility then you can call yourself now you are meditating now you are at the level where you're actually you may not be experience it or be aware of it at the very beginning but you're actually bringing about transformation and what you bring to the mind while the mind is in that state is very crucial, very important. That's why uh, there isn't just a generic uh, uh, in defining meditation. There is, it, 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 it doesn't just say it's also a nice tranquil state. In addition to that, it says familiarizing the mind in that state with what is virtuous. Okay. Otherwise. Uh, when you sort of uh, in uh, daydreaming state that could also be, be, be considered to be meditation it has a lot of the quality there's a stability there's a stillness and there's a level of focus but what the transformation that may be taking place at that time may not be uh, you, you may not want the outcome of that transformation okay it might be uh, further uh, 
uh, aggravating or further empowering habits that you don't want. Okay, and of course, you know, uh, get rid of a very easy, very, uh, very uh, simple uh, example of, of what that means because it's not mysterious. Like attachment, for example, you find yourself daydreaming about the object of attachment, and you find yourself in somewhat of a tranquil state, but because the object is not something that's supposed to help the mind, it's supposed to make the mind even uh, aggravate the mind, then the transformation is that you become more attached. Okay, So that's why you want to bring within that state some virtue, a virtuous state of mind, and deliberately. Okay, All right. Uh, I said uh, three things, right? Uh, not tonight, I mean three aims, or three uh, paths, three realizations. The first one is the med achieving the state of meditation. No, the path to enlightenment. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> the first one is achieving a state of meditation. And then within that state of meditation, you bring about two kinds of transformations. A transformation of behavior. Before you achieve the state of meditation, you have to deliberately try to, at least in the beginning, just observe your behavior so that you can come into a direct knowing as to which behavior, uh, uh, which behaviors are actually disturbing or actually uh, creating more obstacles towards your aim, and which behaviors are actually could actually be a, an ally for you. And when you come into direct knowing of these things just by observing them, then there's a natural inclination to get rid of certain things and to enhance certain things. You don't have to be fighting to enhance certain things. You don't have to be fighting to get rid of certain things. All you have to do is show your mind what this thing is doing to what what this thing is doing to it. Okay. So that's that's the outside of the meditation kind of transformation, and it helps induce. Uh, or it helps in uh, helps you with the conducive factors to quickly achieve meditative state. Okay. Then within that state, then you're not going to consciously bring about uh, a transformation of behavior where you're not fighting too much. Okay. And the uh, uh, to uh, the the behavior that we are looking for here is how we regard others. We want to regard others in such a way that we'll, the way we behave towards them is always uh, what, what, what is called beneficial for all parties involved. The way you behave towards them, it benefits you, and the way you behave towards them benefits them. Okay? And here you may, uh, and it's not just having a, a palpable sense of compassion or bring about a definite uh, compassionate outlook in your behavior on how you relate with others, a definite loving outlook on how to, to, to uh, guide and direct your behavior and how you relate with others. But you can enhance this compassion, this enhance this love where it actually becomes what is referred to as bodhicitta. Okay, so that, that that's the first kind of transformation, where you want your behavior, transform your behavior, so that when you relate with others, it's always from a point of compassion or from a point of love, and that doesn't necessarily immediately make you into a bodhisattva. 
Okay? That's the first level of virtue. So that when you, uh, the automatic way that you relate with others is from that, from that perspective. And you don't, want that, you don't want that perspective to be forced upon you. Oh, you have to be compassionate because you're going to be in trouble if you don't. Don't have that kind of attitude. Your mind is very smart. Okay? <laughs> a part of you may say, okay, but another part of your mind, a real part of your mind that really lets, that really makes <coughs> actions happen, will not, will not be buying it. And you will find yourself struggling to behave the way you want to behave. Okay? The part of you that part of your mind that you have to convince is that part of your mind that actually, you could say, is holding the power, is, is actually initiating actions. Okay, that's the part of your mind that you have to convince, and the only way to convince it is not through bribery, it's not through uh, 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 brainwashing, it's to it's with truth. Okay. Then. You can elevate, you can uh, bring about, you can allow this uh, perspective of relating with others, you can allow it to evolve to its ultimate, uh, ultimate state. Its ultimate state is what is called bodhicitta, okay? Where uh, within bodhicitta, uh, with compassion, there is uh, an element where you're willing to sacrifice certain things, certain uh, certain comforts, because you there's a wisdom that tells you this this letting go of this comfort will bring about a much better result. Okay. So there's in the first level there's uh, even though there's a concern for the other well-being. In bodhicitta, uh, the concern for the other's well-being is all that is in the mind, where the willingness to uh, sacrifice goes beyond the level, the first level. That is, it's go, it's, the willingness is you're even willing to be the one to suffer instead of the other. You're willing to be the one uh, to undergo the, the, the painful experience that the other is, is undergoing, okay? And you're completely willing, there's a complete sense of willingness for it. It's not uh, something that you just say because it's a, it's a good idea. It's something that you say because you're going to get a, a, a nice result from it, but an actual willingness that in the ne next moment, if you start to experience pain, instead of, instead of uh, going, oh, my God, this is painful, immediately your reaction will be, wow, it's working. I'm taking that person's pain. And, that, and here's a strange thing that's going to happen. The more of the pain you experience, I don't know, it, it's, it's a strange, strange thing. The more of the pain that you start to experience, the more, the happier you get. Because your aim wasn't, oh, let me see how the pain feels. 
your aim was, let me take the pain away from that, from the other. And what you're, fo- what you're gonna be focusing on is not, oh, look at all the pain I'm getting, but look at all the pain that's leaving the other, okay? And that's what's giving the joy. And the experience of pain is knowledge to you that is leaving the other, okay? Uh, so there is that willingness, that's the highest uh, 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 state of evolution of, of, of that uh, transformation on how, for, how you regard others, how you relate with others, okay? Now, the last one, right before you get to, that, that will uh, bring about the definite transformation into enlightenment is within that state of tranquility, that state of mind that is incapable of being disturbed, incapable of being distracted, now you direct it towards truth. Not that you have an idea of truth and you try to, uh, try to create it in your mind, but whatever the truth may be, you're completely willing to, see, to, uh, to perceive it directly and experience it. Now, now we have somewhat, uh, Buddhists are somewhat spoiled with the idea of, of uh, no self. I'm trying, I was trying to get a nice word for it, but then I, okay. But the idea of no self, okay? Because it's just, you know, it's become just a term, just a phrase, you know, pancake. Might as well just say that, okay? It doesn't, it, it doesn't shake you up to hear no self. But you actually have to understand how open the mind, how open for the mind to be to entertain such a thought as a reality. No self. It takes completely openness of mind. And also the highest form of bravery to entertain this. Because sometimes when we think of no self, it becomes just a label for a pretty self. Or it's the prettiest self that we can think of. We call it no self. And you're aspiring to that pretty self. Okay? That's what the self is. It's completely get rid of whatever concept you may have of self. No matter how high or noble it may be. And completely get rid of it. And be willing, be completely open to its non-existence. Okay? And completely open to for it to be for whatever it is to be complete to be truly revealed to you. A little uh, background. The Buddha was appeared to be a regular guy, <laughs> a regular person just like us, until one day he said, life sucks. What can I do about it? And it wasn't that it was the first time somebody said, oh, life sucks. <laughs> People have been saying it for, no, forever. So he looked around. Among those people who deliberately said life sucks, what did they do about it? They just say, well, life sucks, well, you might as well just live with it. Mm-hmm. Where's the pancake? <laughs> <laughs> Pass the salt, please. <laughs> okay. So you, you were looking for people who said the same thing. 
Now, accordingly, many of the traditions that were around, they were, they were looking for a pretty self. Okay? They tortured themselves so they can see a pretty self. They indulged themselves so they can see a pretty self. They were following different traditions so that eventually they can see a pretty self. I mean, it's natural. Who is saying life sucks? Who is experiencing life sucks? Some kind of a self. So you want a self that's pretty. So that self will say life is nice. Okay? So you're looking for that nice, you're looking for that nice self. Now, this is the impression that I want the, the sense of no self to have on you. Everyone who said, I mean, not just said life sucks or pass the butter, but life sucks, let me get out of here. Okay? And they were sincerely looking for an end to life sucks. But they had, among the, uh, uh, most of them had already a preconceived idea of what it's supposed to be like. So the mind, you could say, wasn't completely open. And here's the Buddha saying, I'm completely open, even to the point of no self. Even to the point of discovering that the suffering entity, the suffering experience of I am suffering, the self completely non-existent. I'm even open to that. Okay. So that's the kind of openness you must have if you want to, to discover truth. It mustn't be that I think truth is this pretty thing, let me find it. Truth could be a horrible thing, but you're still willing to find it. Okay? Now, don't have in your mind, oh, truth now is a horrible thing, let me go find it. <laughs> be completely open. Okay? Don't think of it as a pretty thing that you're going to find. Don't think of it as an ugly thing you're going to find. Whatever it is, that's what you're going to find. If never, I don't know, how many people here have had the unfortunate <laughs> experience of a life of never seeing a mango? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're all fortunate, okay. <laughs> but imagine someone who has never seen a mango, okay? and is now looking for mango. And now, in order for that person to truly experience what the mango is, that person must allow mango, whatever mango, whatever mango is, to be presented to that person. That person mustn't think, well, mango is this, mango is that. Mango is this, mango is that. Okay? So whatever the truth is, be completely open to it. And that's why you need your mind to be... Uh, within the state of meditation, a state of it cannot be distracted. It is actually protected and shielded with the peace and the tranquility that it is experiencing. The, 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 the overwhelming sense of joy that is now called bliss at this level is actually protecting the mind from being distracted. And when this mind is now one-pointedly open to truth, and when truth comes to it, to the mind, it will bring about the other transformation. And uh, this is the transformation that is called now you leave ordinary state of being to, well, we can 
find a, a better word for it yet. We just stick with the Sanskrit. Arya. You become an Arya. You become no longer ordinary. You leave behind childhood, spiritual, chi spiritual child, child, childhood, spiritual childhood, and you, you're now in, definitely on your way to maturity, spiritual maturity, because you've seen truth. In in all the in all the texts of the perfection of wisdom, that's supposed to be the text that presents the ultimate truth in the almost raw, naked, as raw and as naked as, as, as it can be presented verbally, it says, if you're able to bear the experience, there's a reason why the Buddha said they're able to bear the experience, okay? Because every single notion that you had of pretty self, ugly self, is completely gone. And now you're seeing self for what it truly is, okay? And this experience should be earth shattering. Shattering? Yes. Earth shattering. It should shake the foundation of your existence. If after that experience you just say, pass the salt, please. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't put enough butter on the, <laughs> the toast. <laughs> you didn't have an earth shattering experience. Okay. You, you, and <coughs> you can see what you want to see in that, that state. If you want to see, oh, I think myself is a glowing presence, you will see and experience yourself as a glowing presence. But you made that up. And you're in the state of mind. Remember, I, I said at one point, you're entering uh, like the very... Uh, source of creation. Okay, you're able to bring out of that what a, uh, no a definite transformation. And what if what you want to ex if what you want to convince yourself of is I am one, I am other, I am light, I am energy. If what if that's what you want to come out of that, you can create it, the experience within that state, and you'll be convinced I am light. You'd be convinced I am one, I am other, whatever. But it will be something that you created. It will not have been the truth. Is that what different religions can see the truth, even though they have different way of looking or thinking what the truth is? People have that experience through different religions. Yeah, you can have the same experience through 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 various and yeah. You can, but to call it energy, remember, energy is not something that is completely alien to us, okay? We know what, when you say energy, already there's a concept. There's, a, there's an experience that you had that you call energy. And when you, when, like when I was, uh, how old was I, I forgot. I was a stupid, stupid age. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea what energy was at that time. <laughs> and there was a, the, the, the lamp, the, 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 there was the, Part in the wire that was the the, the plastic part was exposing the the wire, and it was uh, the cord was stuck in the in the socket. So instead of you know taking proportion, respecting energy for what it is, you know, uh, and then to try to take the the plug out of the the socket, I don't think I should tell you. You probably would not come back. You think, <laughs> you was that stupid? 
since my hand wasn't uh, strong enough to pull it, I used my teeth. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, when, the, when, 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 the, when you're trying to uh, unscrew the, the, the cap from the bottle and your hand is not strong enough, what do you do? Use your teeth, right? <laughs> so I used my teeth. And then, of course, I came to know energy. <laughs> and I was, uh, it's a good thing that actually did something to my muscles to make me jump. Now, well, not jump, I guess pushed. Otherwise, I would have just, no, you would not, I would not have made up to, to this age. <laughs> okay, so that experience, so when you tell me I am energy, automatically that's what I'm thinking. Something like that. Something similar to that. So to call it something that we already experience, light. I mean, this is what I know when I think of light. The thing coming, that coming from the sun, the thing that comes from the light bulb. If you say I am whatever, already I have an idea what that is. I have an experience of it already. Okay. So this experience is something that you so far have not ex so have not labeled, have not experienced. That's why it's say masam jerme share parochin. Inconceivable. You have not conceived of it yet. It's not something that you have labeled yet. It's 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 uh, not something that you masam jerme share. Those, those two things, ma, sam, chemet. Something, something that you can express, not something that you can uh, conceive. It's not that it, it cannot, you cannot, your mind, it's not that your mind isn't capable of perceiving it. It's not something that you have perceived that you're already given a label to. And when you experience it, since you have nothing that you've experienced that you can give a label to, you cannot directly describe it to someone. If you say, oh, it's bluish, kind of green, not, not, not exactly like that. Okay. So it's something that you have to experience yourself. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, if whatever path you're taking, if you are sincere and completely open, okay, then that very, and you, you can, anyone can enter into that state and you will have an experience of truth, then you can, you, can, you can give it a name, whatever name you want to call it, okay? But there will be something about it that is very, uh, very much the same for everyone who experiences it, okay? Something undeniable about it, okay? But if you go in there already prejudiced as to what you're supposed to experience, you can make yourself experience it and will not be the truth. So even now, uh, so getting to physical tranquility, if it takes, uh, and like I said before, it should be a pleasant experience for whatever length of time you're in it until you stop, okay? If at, at some point it becomes painful, something is not right, if the pain has become too unbearable, then you need to stop, okay? If you just just with the just with the physical tranquility itself, it should be a very pleasant state that you feel that you want to stay in. Okay, and then the other state are even more attractive. Okay. So, 
have a clear intention to enter to experience physical tranquility. But you're not going to be spending like, you know, untold amount of time just to get there. Okay. And as soon as you experience it, leave it behind, go to the next phase. Okay. And always have in the back of your mind a mind, uh, call it a loose awareness of the, the, the progression of the sense of ease, the, 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 the state that will be eventually become bliss. Okay. And hold strongly to your, what you are wanting to do with this sitting. Okay. Try to see if you can get into that momentum, that uh, right before we took the break. And remember, you directed that momentum towards achieving the objective of your intentions. Now gather all that momentum in the presence, in the sense of the presence of your infallible guide. Bring that to the crown of your head. Strengthen your determination further. And you can use imagery, visualization, seeing that strong intention, sending you light from your infallible guide. So whatever is going to obstruct you, be an obstacle to you, is being removed. Whatever strength you need, you're being filled with those. And you bring that presence into the very center of your heart. So try to be palpably aware of the sense of physical tranquility first. And see if you can be stay with it for five seconds then experience, try to have a f definite mental experience of the mental tranquility and experience that for five seconds without it degrading. Then try to initiate the transformations. Either the transformation that is brought about by regarding or relating with others from a point from a standpoint of compassion, from a view of compassion, or from a view of love, or trying to initiate the transformation that comes about from directly seeing truth. And remember, throughout, one constant, loosely 
being aware of what's happening to the state of tranquility. Okay, for compassion, begin with sympathy and let that grow. For truth, whatever appears to the mind, look at it truly.
have the intention to stay within whatever level of tranquility that you're experiencing. Notice the absence of strife, the absence of with just within that tranquility, the absence of striving for something. The absence of seeking to protect mind. A sense of openness. So within that tranquility, first let your heart embrace others with a sense of sympathy. Allow that sympathy to evolve until it becomes genuine concern, genuine feeling of concern for those who are experiencing any difficulty. Within that, that genuine sense of wishing that others experience at least this level of peace that you're experiencing, this level of absence of striving, need to protect mind. And wish others to experience this. And once there is a sense of your heart embracing all beings in this embrace of compassion and love, then dedicate the merits of your meditation. attention to your breath and through the breath become aware of the body again deliberately consciously systematically from the top of the head until you're aware of the whole body from the top of your head to the soles of your feet
difficult when, when you mention about truth and trying to think that I don't have any concept about truth, so I can find my truth. You said you're having difficulty with that? Yeah, because oh. I already have a concept of truth. And what is that? Is what I'm experiencing now, like what I want to experience now. So I was trying to take that concept away so I can see the real, the, be open mm -hmm. and see the truth. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not just what you're experiencing now, it's what you think about what you are experiencing exactly. now. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. What, what I want to experience as well. Yeah, that's where, that, that's, that's where you could say your idea of truth or one's idea of truth is. It's not just the appearance of things, which is the truth, it's what we think of it. Yeah, so I was trying to take that kind of thoughts away uh -huh. so I can allow whatever allow the real truth to, to show up. Uh -huh. but, but then I was thinking like, no, it's so big and so complicated that I will never get it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, well that's good, in a sense. You're having some sort of some sort of reaction towards it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. And s tomorrow it might be, oh, I'm big enough. I can get it. <laughs> okay. Uh, one little trick I wanted to say about meditation. If while you're approaching meditative state, and then disturbances come, either emotions or thoughts within you are coming, disturbing you, taking you away from your meditation, degrading the sense of tranquility, or you're hearing something, or you're, you're feeling something from your senses, what you can do is say to yourself, oh, this is helping. When you're hearing the sound, actually sort of use the sound to help enhance what's going on. Let it enhance the tranquility that it enhanced the, the clarity. Okay, for you Buddhists, it's empty. It doesn't have to be disturbing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>